Attention, attention, my black brothers. What I want y'all to do right now is take out the do-rag. The silky ties down. I want to see the waves glistening. If you got nappy hair, pick it. Don't let nobody discourage you. Ariel. Black boy, black boy. I almost did. Oh my God, it sounded like it had truly fallen. Like I thought I just heard liquid running. What was it? It was my drink, girl. You know I'm a red cup, solo cup, chop a bitch. Guess what I'm drinking? Fireball and juice. Not this time. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm drinking a cider. I'm drinking a Stella, a Stella Rosa side cidre. Okay. Very Stella Rosa. I like this. It's very cute. Very in my hood rat ratchet solo what, cup. What's funniest to me is that you really could have just drank it in the bottle and <laughs> waste the plastic cup and a straw. So a straw. wow, because you could have recycled. You could have just recycled the glass alone and spared the turtles and the landfill. <laughs> Why wow. bitches drink drink out of straws? Okay, and I also could have. I don't know. Like it was weird trying to like. This could have worked, but neither here or there. What are you drinking, girly? Pinot. Mmm. You're a real white woman. You're a real white woman. Did you, you know do what? Any- I just might be. Did you do anything on this lovely snow that we had the other day? No, and Omar asked me the same thing, and I was just like, "Um, it's like thirty degrees outside. Why would I? Why would I do that?" I love the snow, bitch. I am. To- I didn't go outside though. Exactly. <laughs> I was snapping all over Instagram and things. So, see, yeah, IG story ended up talking about all this weather. Bitch, I did not touch that snow at all. I said, y'all got I didn't even know it was coming. So when I looked out the window, I was like, uh-uh. So one thing I can't do is enjoy snow that I did not anticipate coming. Um, <laughs> at no point did I realize, like, okay, it's really going to hit here. And the funniest thing is, like, it didn't hit in, on the Eastern Shore at all, I don't think. Because um, I was looking at the little news map or whatever. I'm pretty what? certain it didn't hit on the Eastern Shore. From what I saw, I'm going to have to ask my mom because I could be lying. Oh, she don't live over there. I'm going to have to ask my sister. But no, I didn't it. and wasn't going to. I don't want to be outside right now. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, I no, it do is. It's too chilly right now. It is. And the thing is, it's wintertime. And okay, it would be fine any other time. Like, I don't hate the winter. But... I'm already not in the best mood because of this pandemic. So yeah. why would I go outside in the miserable ass snow? Like, no. Yeah. And your birthday coming up too, girl. So it's like, <laughs> the girl is turning 20. Two days. You turning 25. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm turning 25, y'all. You turning, that's, you know, we, I know how old you turn girl. And 25 Me? squared. <laughs> you, oh, okay, so you're turning 26. How are you feeling? Mm-hmm. How are you feeling? Um, I feel like I've said I'm 26 like seven times in the last month or two. Like, So mm-hmm. I guess mentally I'm already there. Like, I don't even really need to. I've already put 25 behind me. I don't really give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't, like, 26 is so unordinary like i'm yeah. so ordinary it's not very interesting <laughs> nothing like, special well you made it to some even 
Well, you're going to make it to 26, so that's exciting. Some people, unfortunately, can't We don't know we got two days, girl. We'll see. Girl, shut the fuck up. tomorrow. (laughs) What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Lord Devry. And I'm Derwin King. And welcome back to another episode of That Black Boy Joy, where we create a space where we create a space where black boys can be themselves (laughs) and so much more so i'm trying to do this thing without my glasses but it's honestly the most weirdest thing ever not to have my glasses on it was so interesting to see without them you know i don't usually wear mine sometimes i'm like because only reason is because by the way just a forewarning we got an extra guest over here so i'm pretty sure that's complicating our internet again so if you see a bitch drop out at least you'll be prepared this time if you see a bitch freeze you know i did see a little a little cut of you you know yeah i bet you did (laughs) i bet you did i don't there's nothing i can do about that and it's unfortunate but it's true honey when i live alone i ain't gonna worry about it i I feel like my glasses are i feel like my glasses are giving me say so for some reason like the glare is giving me like very oh, much say so with those go that's why I, that's why I took them off. But then I was like, bitch, you cannot see worth shit. Like it gives clear skin and clear face, and damn, yeah, it does. But the girl can't see, so I'll you. pop on and off. But how are you been? How are you doing, girly? Girl, I'm Back. tired as a bitch. I got so much stuff to do. Um, today, <laughs> I like slept in today. No, I didn't. I tried to. <laughs> so. This was supposed to be my buffer day for work, as in, like, I anticipated some people were going to reach out to me for whatever reason. But one of my coworkers called me at 9.30 this morning. And no, I was like, okay, well, I thought I was going to be asleep till, like, 11. So I hopped up, and then I, naturally I started doing other things for work or whatever. Um, and then tomorrow I had to wake up early. <sighs> so I'm just waiting for the day that I can get rest 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 well this weekend and you off oh you're technically on vacation saturday but like it technically can start tomorrow right it can definitely no i have things to do tomorrow it's not work it's not like the job that i'm getting paid for but i have obligations tomorrow morning at nine o'clock in the morning okay so you do have something to look forward to saturday right saturday can be a day of rest because it's your day yeah but see then there's this pressure okay i'm not trying to be pessimistic i'm really not but then there's this pressure on the 24 hours of your birthday to like maximize every minute so what i anticipate i'm going to do is run around and try to like make sure that every second of the day is accounted for oh girl no (sighs) who says that we have to do that granted everybody i do get what you're saying because it's your birthday and you want to celebrate but if you just want it to be a day of rest and relaxation and mindfulness, like and create a mindfulness space, bitch, do that. Go to a spa or get your nails done. Get your get pampered. Now you might be on to something right there. Somebody can sponsor a good old pedicure and a manicure for right. a like me and a massage. My body needs to be touched on, but in a really like purposeful way, not like just trying to get up inside of me. Because <laughs> you celibate, remember you are celibate. Yes. Yes. I'm good. Um, you know, I'm doing my 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 annual dentist trip, <laughs> my trips to the dentist. Um, today, I actually started the procedure for my root canal. 
So they did the first phase, which the woman was like so nervous. She was so like, are you good? Is this good? I'm like, girl, I've done this before. Unfortunately. Why would she be nervous? Not nervous. No, 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 no. Not nervous. But she was really worried about me. She kept like Mm. walking me step through step and wanting to show me what my teeth looked like. I'm like, I'm one of those girls. Just get me out the chair. I have my music playing. I'm just like, I don't need you to show me what you're doing. She also, we also had like an assistant in there today, today and he was kind of nervous. And I was like, girl, just hand her the right things and just calm down. He was, it was his first day, like not his first day. It was his first like week of training. Mm-mm. And she was really okay. sweet. Yeah. I was like, girl, I hate this. I hate when I get the, the lab rats. Yeah, don't give me nobody new. I, that, that, I ain't the one for you to try that shit on. You need to try that with somebody much- else who don't give a fuck about what's going on. Not too much anxiety, but that part went well. Um, and then I've been working out every day this week. I mean, these past two weeks. Um, That's great. Definitely been getting trying to stay healthy every day around like six or seven. I try to work out for at least 30 minutes to an hour. I do like insanity. I do some shit on YouTube or I like go to my gym. I have a gym partner too. So I'm trying to do that because I definitely am in a space of like the... And I have to fit my therapist. I just don't, their schedule is so booked. So I'm like, I feel like I have to email him to be like, hey, sis, can I get on the schedule? You schedule but your um, appointments the day of your last appointment? We did. However, we didn't do that last time because I think he got up and he realized. <laughs> so I was going every week at one time. And then I gradually went to every other week. And then there was a phase where like I couldn't meet with him. So the last time we met, he was like, all right, talk to you later. So I think he was like, Devery's going to just schedule when he wants to schedule them. And then I looked online and there's no thing. It's the holiday time, so people really need counseling. So yeah. shout out to the therapist because I know they're getting paid. They're getting their moolah, but I'm going to get back into it most likely in the new year just because, like, I am, of course, everybody knows I travel during this time. So um, things of that nature. But we're going to jump into our Black Boy Joy Spotlight of the Week. And this week's Black Boy Joy is a man by the young man, <laughs> a man by the name of Donnie Hugh. He is an LA-based actor and also creator of Cafe De La Hugh. He um, also recently starred in, not recently starred, he um, starred in the film Party and Play that also features one of our past gay um, guests, Samson McCormick, in it. He also has been in um, Surviving Hope and Landing. So the cool thing about him is he created recently created a um, a brand about empowerment and the products are essentially, um, he works, he focuses on skincare and then also he has merch. So the cool thing about his, um, his skincare, it's, it's all about like making people feel delicious and things of that nature. So he has hydrators, moisturizers, um, cleansers, and things of that nature. But also, he also names them really cool names. So like brownie, but like it's spelled like B-R-W-N-I-E, like coffee, C. FFEE and like I syrup like and that. such like that. And it's really nice to see um, a black man um, basically teaching us about what is important about keeping how uh, important about keeping our skin clear and all that. He also told me, not told me, he also informed me like, make sure you ex- exfoliate your genitalia area. Yeah. You know, make sure you get in the scrubbing up in there and getting all the crevices and um, things of that nature. Um, and I think that's really important because to be honest, like, I don't think a lot of men know that it is very important to like exfoliate down there because of like dead skin and things like that. So I appreciate that he has um, 
a line, a skincare line that also focuses on that as well. Um, so shout out to Donnie Hugh being an actor and also his uh, line of Cafe De La Hue. Um, if you all would love to check him out on social media, his name is Donnie Hugh. And then also look up his um, skincare line called Cafe De La Hue. And please keep serving that so black clever. boy. Joy, I know. Shout I was out to like, you, Donnie. Come on, that's really clever. <laughs> it is, and then also shout out to him with um, Samson because I yeah, found out about absolutely. him through Samson, um, Party and Play, the film, which was amazing. So I see I him in there. It. His body's amazing, y'all, as well. Like watching it, I was like, "Ooh, yep, come on, body, body, yada yada yada." So a shout out to him for that. But girls, let's get into our hot topics of the week, and you know we love our girls over at Potomac in um, <laughs> Atlanta. So let's jump right into. The, our hot topics with Potomac Girl, the reunion. <sighs> Part one. You bring a new guy to every damn uh, reunion. I hope he's sitting behind you this time. I is he coming to the? Is Jamal coming to the reunion? No, of course. I thought so. Of course not. <laughs> it was the fact that Monique sat there for like a minute and a half to two minutes, like just reading Giselle and Giselle truly didn't have a comeback like she couldn't say anything because obviously the receipts were real um and (laughs) watching Candace get as upset as she was about it as if she were getting hit I think it was because she was anticipating that she was coming for her ass next yeah and then Robin was like what's your motive behind this and I'm like um obviously to get y'all back for the shit you did she has so much tunnel vision, which I was here for. She didn't pay. She didn't pay Robin no mind. She didn't pay Candace no mind. Her her fucking focus point was just And these bitches was not about to do what they typically do and deflect, which I loved. I love that she went for the jugular because she knew these girls had receipts too on some quote unquote shit, which we're going to hear about in this next reunion, um, this next episode. So she had to come with her receipts. People are like, she's, she took too much time to make a binder. First of all, it's her job to have her receipts. So you girls need to calm down. And second of all, bindering. (laughs) Yes. And I'm like, second of all, these girls are already ready to come for her. These girls, first of all, she didn't, I am glad that she is using her voice on this this platform right now, the reunion, because she has not had, she's not been able to talk around these girls because it's been Candace's story, which I'm like, girl, give her the platform. This is the best place to talk. This is the best place to drag you hoes because you hoes refuse to um, do scenes with her. So I definitely am right. like. So that's that was my point because when when Robin was like, what what's your motive? And I'm like, obviously to do to y'all what you did to her. Like y'all spent the entire season trying to get this lady fired. So of course she's gonna air your shit out. Now don't get me wrong. When I was watching, I was like, mm, this is a little dark sided. Like something about <laughs> it made me a little uncomfortable because I was like, I don't think I like uh I don't think I like this level of viciousness. On the other hand, I do think that like if she was going to ensure her spot for next season and then also get the women back for the things that they did, it was probably necessary for her to do yeah. to get that binder. Yeah. But it was interesting because I'm I'm hearing through like people on Twitter and then also people that are close to the show that like she she was anticipating, she's anticipating Je- Candace and Giselle to bring some rumors or receipts to her about the child the most her most recent child being a not being Chris's. So that's the reason why she did all this bindering. Because she wanted these bitches to not even think that they can come for her with this like this shenanigans. So 
I'm excited. I'm interested in this whole thing. <laughs> I'm just, I just am thinking also with this Candace, with Candace, I'm just like, girl, stop talking. Like quit, she just keeps having her little jabs and nobody is paying her any mind. And I'm just like, stop throwing the jabs. Just like, you already did y'all, the case has been dropped. We know that y'all don't like each other. Can't, she's just, obsessed. Monique is clearly not even giving you any energy and you're just looking like that person that's poking a bear. So yeah, it's just really hard to to really get under Monique's skin. Like I don't even really understand the like I still don't understand the core of this beef. Like it doesn't make any sense. It's not yeah. the thing about the dragon last year, not that big of a fucking deal. Yeah. Showing the text messages um that Candace was clearly coming for Ashley, not that big of a fucking deal. So the fact that they don't like each other so much that it's carried on into this is ridiculous. Now can yeah. And Giselle, on the other hand, I stand by my words. I've said it 10 times and I'll say it 10 more. That is a feud I will never get tired of because <laughs> it's like they clearly know each other. They've clearly they clearly have known each other for a very long time. Yeah. So much like the beef between Sheree and Nini, it's so interesting to me and it never really gets old because it's not like they're just not going to fuck with each other after that. It's not like they'll yeah. never talk to each other again. More than likely, they'll be mad at each other for a couple months and then they'll get over it because... Like, Giselle knows she can't dress. Giselle knows she can't dress and it's amusing. Even Robin knows. Robin said right. it herself. It's very therapeutic. <laughs> no, I was looking at the um, trailer for the next episode and um, Giselle was like, Karen's full of shit. And she said, um, thank you. You've trained me well. Trained me I was like, yes. Come on. So I'm excited for yeah, this one. Showing up, honey. I, she, she, looks, she looks good. Let's get into that. She looks good sitting over there. I, I don't know what she's done. Well, I do know what she's done. Everything. She she's looks everything done. <laughs> she looks good. Do it again. Do it again. I can't so believe you. I'm gonna spill it. That's what happened the last episode. <laughs> I had to clean up. So for y'all don't know, I had to clean up before the episode came because I completely threw a whole red drink on me before we shared show like shot. So that's so funny. But I'm trying my best. But let's go to the Housewives of Atlanta. Must we? So it's I. It's very hard to get through right now. Blackluster. It's yeah. very boring. The girls have not been together yet. And I think because it's COVID and they're trying this, this is by far one of the like last episodes to me was very all over the place. When they introduced Drew all over the place, when they introduced LaToya, it was really random. And like they said the day before that LaToya was hanging out. And now it just was like, girl, y'all don't even know these people. It just popped up out of nowhere. And honestly, it's not like she's, I mean, I don't know. I can't, I guess I can't say she's got star power or doesn't because of whatever she was doing on um, YouTube, which is completely out of my realm of giving a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Like seeing her on the TV isn't doing anything for me. And it seems like her relationship with Kenya is really out of the note, out of nowhere. Like it doesn't look, yeah, it doesn't even seem reasonable it's just everything feels off i'm watching it drew is uh, yeah. i like drew sidora but i don't she's not giving anything it's, as of I right think now. it's the timing i think it it's definitely the timing. the timing of it like they can't shoot all together right now and i think that's so weird we're seeing them separately and i'm like we 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 appreciate seeing their daily lives of course however like we enjoy seeing the wives together because that's when the meat and potatoes comes about so when we don't see them together, it's just like, 
okay, Cynthia's trying to figure out what her husband and her her soon to be husband is doing. Okay, Candy is trying to figure out what um her child is. I forgot her name that fast. Like all of that is just like was Riley in the Riley. Last episode? Mm-hmm. The graduation. Yeah, it was because of the graduation. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Her graduation. I'm so unimpressed. I'm just like, I, I know. I So I did not watch the first episode. I just didn't. So the one that came on on Sunday, I was like, oh, let me go ahead and look at it. And I was just staring. Like, I was like, well, something interesting is going on in Drew's household because her husband is out of his monkey ass mind. Um, <laughs> I just was like, not well, like he's unwell. It just was so weird to me. I got to touch my sideburns. Like, girl, like you'd leave in the house for three days and not know telling your partner where you're going. And then was like, what? Why does it help you? What, I'm like, if I tell you where I was, what is it? What is it gonna do for you? And it's like, well, what is it gonna do for you not to tell her? Like, sure, like telling her vaguely, telling her you were in what Tampa is like useless information if you're not gonna say what you were doing. But yeah. I mean, it wasn't like completely absurd for her to ask where the fuck you were because if she had done that if she had gone somewhere for three days and not told him i'm as a straight man i am so certain he would have had an issue with that because that's how yeah that's how they are women can't do to them what they do to women no and it's so interesting their relationship was very hot and cold like very hot and cold like one minute they're like a, a really cute couple in the next minute just like girl god what the fuck is happening <laughs> like it's just very a switch and it's really weird for me to see them like go from that too much for me like it's too much sensory overload like it sounds unhealthy i can't so can't, i'm gonna try to watch this season i'm gonna try to bear through it but i need something to happen i just need some i like marlo marlo's been doing something it's cute, but <laughs> I like yeah. Marlo too. Um, her joking on Kenya was funny to me. Kenya yeah. couldn't keep a man if Jesus paid her to. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Shout out to Marlo for always saying what the fuck she has to say. It's yeah. very helpful. That is, She's, I laughed. It was funny. Yeah, yeah. She's like the only the only um, the only advice I would ask for Kenya is how to spell something. <laughs> like she was like, I won't. Don't trust her. She said the only advice I would ask her how to spell something. But other than that, don't. Mm-mm. It is what it is, honestly. But girl, have you how, how have you been with this Clubhouse app? The girls have been talking. I love Clubhouse. The very first experience I had on Clubhouse was um, <laughs> some like it was a room saying that Gabriella. Um, oh my god, I forgot what her last name Garibaldi. Gabriella Garibaldi carried this um, cheetah girls on her back. So we were talking for like an hour and a half about this, and it was so funny. Like I really kikied. And um, I was in this one group, we were talking about um, Wiz Khalifa and Sebastian um, showing affection with a one second kiss that somebody Mm. took a screenshot of. Um, And then I was in one yesterday morning and it was called Dragon Slayers. And we were just talking about like, it was like the drag, what dragons have you overcome? So David Johns was in Mm -hmm. it, um, which is why I went to listen to it. Um, It was so good. I even signed up for a session with one of the ladies who was speaking. She's doing like these free consultations. Um, And so I signed up to do one on Monday. So I'm, I'm, I'm really busy for this little vacation I've gotten, but Clubhouse 
to get back on track, Clubhouse is a really great app. The people who I've seen who don't like it, I don't think that they're using the app for the right reason. Like I've seen people say something about like a clout chase and I was like, nah, if you go to the right ones, you'll either talk about things you have a common interest in yeah. or people will give you information that you didn't have beforehand. So I think you just yeah. have to use the app correctly. Yeah, I think of it immediately as like when you go to college and there's just so many groups on campus yeah. and you just join in and listen to what they're talking about and just like how easy it is for them to create groups to just converse and network and things like that. Um, it definitely is overwhelming to me when I'm in really? spaces, when I'm in conversations when there's like a very sensitive subject. So I was in a conversation the other day about toxic masculinity with like over 100 people and I'm like, I'm not sure how you can moderate this at, it, at its capacity because people can pop in, people can have their sense about it. It's, people can bring up triggering things. So I definitely- They only let um, certain people speak though, because you got to raise your hand if yeah, you're a big one. But it depends on who the moderator is. Because True. if the moderator is just allowing people to come in and just speak about things, it's just very like all over the place. And like yeah. somebody like definitely came into one of the spaces, just came in like really late in the game jumped into like speak and then started like using trigger words and like people like was very uncomfortable and it was, was like being said I'm curious just about like sexual assault and then uh-huh. like you oh. know things like that like well you know they brought up an episode of um Grand Army and there was like a sexual assault episode moment in it and they brought that up and I'm like that's triggering because you don't know about people's relationships with that so it definitely was interesting so I definitely try to like see how it is but there is sometimes i'm like everybody can't have the moderator like it's definitely not for everybody yeah not but. everybody needs to be running a damn room i don't know that i would have gone into a room where people are talking about toxic masculinity because i would have assumed that the conversation would get toxic in itself so that i i commend <clears throat> you for being able to do that because it just popped up on my because it, it told me that one of my like you know you get notifications when your friends pop up in rooms yeah i'm gonna check this one of my friends one of my friends was in it. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know. <laughs> he was actually the moderator. <laughs> he was? <laughs> yes. And it was a One lot of people them. in there? Damn, Arthur already popping the up. The girl, is, she's been doing it all, like, for the past yeah. two days. I was in a group with her last night, just casually kicking. But I do like that. I think it's fun. I think it's definitely something that is needed right now during this time. And I think it's definitely great for um, networking. So if you have not been invited to Clubhouse, please get invited. Find a friend who has not, you know, sent somebody. It's very like, it's like a club. It's like you can't get in if you don't have an invite. It's exclusive. It's exclusive. Yes, ma'am. But, <laughs> you Charles. Okay. You Charles let Charles in. You did. I did. I know. I look. I like how you can see who let people in. Oh, I do too. Like the chain of command here. Like, yes, I brought the girls into the pyramid. No. Oh God, the pyramid scheme. You're my grandchild. Okay. Okay. No, I'm so sorry. Lord, forgive me. Cause that's not how. <laughs> Speaking of grandparents, did you hear that Dion Warwick wants to get Alan Taylor to play her? <laughs> um. <laughs> Sorry, Dion. <laughs> I did. First of all, you know, <laughs> I was really upset with Dion Warwick for a couple of years because of how she played Marley, um, the uh, woman who is deaf um, and 
they were writing a children's book and mm -hmm. one of the characters was supposed to be deaf and Dion was so against it because she was just like, I don't think kids are going to understand this. Like, this is not a conversation they need to have early on. Really? Like, well, kids are deaf sometimes, so I, mm -hmm. I'm not entirely certain that it would be an inappropriate conversation, but okay. Um, so she was really ableist about that and it really pissed me off, but watching her on Twitter is such a joy because yeah. um, on one hand, I, I'm sh sure most of those thoughts are her own, but it's also really interesting because I'm sure that, that her niece is absolutely assisting her with most of these tweets. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I didn't know that was the, that was Dionne Warwick's actual account. Yeah. That was on Twitter. So she got on that video and was like, it is me. <laughs> I was like... <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. Miss Dion, Miss Warwick. Hilarious. She is. And I'm glad she listened to the public about Tiana Taylor. That's, yeah, that's I think good. it was, yeah, I think it's great for this moment too, because I think that this was the one, you know, Tiana was saying that she wanted to retire and feel like people didn't appreciate her. Well, hopefully I think this will give her that boost of the people still love, people listen to support me um, and things like that. I know this is an acting, but she will, if this is something that actually happens, she would have to sing, of course. And I think that'll help people as well. Let's get more support um, to Tiana. So. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean okay. to <laughs> But speaking really quickly, we um, found out that COVID, Ashanti and Keisha Cole had to reschedule their verses to January. Why? Ashanti had COVID. And I, okay, so I was really bothered by people being so upset. That she about had her COVID. getting COVID? Yeah, about her getting COVID. It was like, right. oh, you need to still think. Because people was like, I think people were not were not wanting her to rest, right? They were just like, girl, you need to, you lying. You didn't get COVID. You just was afraid of Keisha. And I was like, girl. Nah, she got that motherfucking COVID. She, she got that COVID. Traveling up and down the world. I heard it. Oh, but people, scared. yeah, people. <laughs> somebody said she was out here in her, uh, her, uh, her, <laughs> in her bathing suits all up and down <laughs> with no face mask on. No face mask. I'm just touching <laughs> her face and everything. I'm sure she wasn't yeah. hand sanitizer. She said she got it from a family member. On the trip? I don't know. She and did you have it before? Because she had that. She had been wherever she was two days before that. So did you get it in Kenya, or did you take it to Kenya and come the fuck back? Is that where she was? I don't know, girl. But you just. Up, did I? <laughs> I don't know if you did, but it was just funny. Did she bring it to Kenya? Or I mean, she... seriously, like, <laughs> what? Is, what is the truth here? Because now I'm mad because I, I kind of don't think that. I really don't think she got that shit when she got back. Like, I believe that she either got it there or she took it there. And that's yeah. an issue. That's an issue for me. Yeah. Shanti, don't, why are you being so reckless? Like, that was a reckless thing to do. I'm sure you have all the resources you need to stay your ass home and have a good time. Why was mm -hmm. it important for you to go to Kenya right now or whatever country she was in? Why was yeah, it what so was she, Yeah, what was she doing in Kenya? Taking pictures. I was like, she wasn't on no press tour. She wasn't doing anything of her music. Ain't doing nothing to promote. <laughs> and versus, and you could do that up on the online. You could do that. On <laughs> you could do that on the iPod. But yeah, it was interesting because when she got on live with Keisha, Keisha was ready, girl. Keisha was dawed up. Okay. I didn't like her look, but I was excited that she. She was, was giving me very much Corella Deville. Yeah, and that's I was exactly absolutely I here for that. the course. 
What, so exactly. were they doing this? Were they doing this over the live, or is they doing? No, they this were supposed there? to go. That's why they had to cancel it. If they were going to do it via live, it would have been fine. But where they do that shit at the little stage now, and she could not be in a yeah. space with all those people because it's got to be a crew. Somebody's got to run the cameras, the yeah. sound, everything. So yeah, she could. She had to fucking forfeit, or yeah, at least was... reschedule. Yeah. So I was. I'm interested in this. I'm gonna. I'm going to an, um, my friend is hosting like a vision board party during that time. So hopefully uh-uh. she's able to make it. Yeah. <laughs> huh? I was um, looking to see what rooms they, I'm so obsessed with this app, girl. Oh my God. Love house? <laughs> yes. Oh my God. It's a wave. It's good for me. No. Um, really quickly, do you feel like the, vac- the COVID vaccine was developed too fast or it's being like rushed out too fast right now? Sure. I think um, they said before they even got to a point where they were comfortable with using one that anything that they were going to put out was going to be rushed and uncertain. So I don't know that it's a matter of opinion. It's a fact that it was absolutely released too soon, but they needed a quick answer. And this is what they had. Girl, so this whole time, I thought December 21st was when we would be getting the vaccine. No, that's when we're supposed to get our magical powers. Right. So I was thinking that we was getting these magical powers from this damn from the vaccine. vaccine. But we're supposed to be getting Good. it from it's some shit. Astrological the thing. Sun and the moon is coming together. And we start to turn into um, X-Men. I'm, I, well, this is so funny to me. that People are really going off with like running with it. And I'm here for it because I'm adding my little it's two cents funny. to we it. Jokes. Every time something happens, catastrophic or just like significant, it becomes <laughs> a huge joke on Black Twitter. And I'm, I love that. We need that. Yes, I'm like, bitch, I want. I can't wait to get my mutant powers. I, I'm trying to figure out what would my mutant powers be. Like, I swear I think I want to get, like, telepathy, period. Really? Girl, I don't know, because the way that they, that the real hardcore shows, like, show that, it's always invasive. Like, you're just swarmed by everyone's thoughts, and I just don't know yeah. that I can deal with that. I'm already too good at reading people's body language in a way that shows me what they're thinking, so I really don't need to know exactly what anybody is thinking because that should no. have me in the fetal position in this room forever that is a good thing that is a that's a good point because i keep thinking about gene gray ass every time the bitch break down like every fucking time this bitch break down i'm like girl, she is the most unuseful superhero in the books the bitch can't control her powers so i would want dr x to work with me girl i want him yeah. to put me in a put me in a box and make my bitch ass train to the gods so i can be the baddest telepathist out here Ambulances are out today, girl. Girl, it's chaos. It was me just like 15 minutes ago. Like, can y'all calm down? Why are y'all dying? Oh. Oh, my God. If it lasts, ooh, last but not least, which is a really good conversation I I saw on social media, uh, on Taraji P. Henson's Facebook watch show, uh, Peace of Mind, Gabrielle Union uh, was talking about Zaya felt outed when photos were dissected online before coming out as trans and um, really enjoyed the conversation um, that that Gabrielle and Taraji was um, having on there because I've not seen that a conversation like that with celebrities before. And I do appreciate like Gabrielle really putting um, trans, trans visibility to the forefront and the importance of it specifically having a daughter that is trans and like that whole like people like really like going into this child's personal life when it's not nobody's business and like 
really like making them feel like they have to come out of things like that. So I really appreciated that conversation. So I certainly get um, Zaya feeling that way. Um, unfortunately, I imagine that it's hard to come to terms with your identity when it is something that is not normative, um, excuse me, not heteronormative. Mm -hmm. um, it's probably definitely hard to do that in a fishbowl, but I think that that outing isn't specific to her identity. I think it's specific to her position in society. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, because if it were my child, there wouldn't be any pictures. Like if it were my niece, there wouldn't be no pictures to dissect. But yeah. because this is a famous person's child, unfortunately, Zaya was put in a position where her privacy wasn't respected and it just never really was going to be unless she stayed in the house for the rest of her life or yeah. at least for the, for the time being. Yeah, because we didn't hear that much about her growing up. Um, we never saw that much about her. So it's very interesting. Once we did start to see some pictures of her, people were quick to be like, why is she posing like that? Why is she this way? Why is she that way? And I'm like let her live like it's not and then they also she um also told gabrielle and um um the way way that she's demi so demisexual as well so they were also talking about that conversation about like identity and sexuality as like two different like oh, Zaya. don't quote me girl i thought like 12 or 13. let me look this up because now we get into a point where i'm like are you actually yeah really active like is this <sighs> But that goes into this conversation about um, what our children mm, are. We're gonna keep that one. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge that okay. because of my perception of um, demisexuality. Anyway, which even though I'm not a demisexual individual, so you guys can you know if you know something more than I do, please educate me. As yes, I don't mind being told. Um, but I've always seen demisexuality as a measure of sexuality um, as opposed to an actual sexuality because it's about, like, your ability to be attracted to people based on your feelings for them. Mm -hmm. like, like, I can't be attracted to just anybody. Like, it has to be somebody I develop romantic feelings for. Right. Um, and if Zaya is not sexually active, does that really matter? I don't think one has to be sexually active to know what they are attracted, attracted to. to. Um, I know for me, I I didn't have I hadn't had sex with men before, and I knew I like I was attracted to men. Right. Um, and I think so, with Zaya, then my question would be because I, I agree with you because I I was six um, when I knew that I liked boys. So then my question would be, I, and I would want to ask Zaya this. Yes. Um, how did you find that out? So what was the experience like? Like, was it that you weren't attracted to anybody and then finally you had a friend or somebody you had met and it was like, I love this relationship. I'm now attracted to you because that would be different um, than what I assume it to be. Because if. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just it's such a that is such a particular sexuality, yes. like if there's yes. something really specific about it. So yeah. I'm like, how do you know that? Yeah. How do you know that? And I would be very curious to hear from anybody who's demisexual and who has known since they were young. I would love to know what that experience is like yeah. for them. Because yeah, I feel like no, you're I older, it seems trial and error, right? Like, yeah. oh, this didn't work for me. I definitely agree with what you're saying. Because when I heard it, I was like, she's dropping like some real like descriptors about her identity and her sexuality. And I was like, how does one know those things 
as well at a young age as she does. Not saying that she could not know those things, but where did you get the resources or the information to thus have you um, clarify or um, know that those what that's what your identity is and that's what your sexuality is? I definitely am curious. I'm like at twelve. I was like, girl. That's what I'm. Well, so I'm not surprised about the resources. Yeah. The internet exists. Like the fact that demisexual, like that she know, that she knows what demisexual is, does not surprise me. Like yeah. the children have an abundance of knowledge. I'm very really proud of yeah. the steps that they are. Like the way that they're able to see um, transness, the way that they're able to see queerness. Like they seem to be getting it a lot quicker than their predecessors, us and our parents. Um, yeah. So I. I'm not surprised that she knows about what it is. I am just so curious to know what that experience is. That's why I want to challenge it because it's so foreign to me. It's so foreign to me to have a child um, express themselves as anything other than um, bisexual, gay, or straight. Mm -hmm. Um, Girl, we should do a clubhouse for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Why? We can talk about that offline. (laughs) Because I had the thought a couple times this week, but I was just like, well, what do we want to do? What are we going to talk about? We we can talk talk about about this. Offline. I'm so curious. I don't want y'all to drag me because I wasn't wasn't trying to invalidate Zaya's experiences. I think I'm just, I don't understand it because of this particular sexuality. Um, So I'm so interested in hearing about what that experience is for someone who's young. I know what it's like to be a young gay um, boy. I'm can pretty much tell what it would have been like to be bisexual. Um, I obviously have seen straight kids all the time. Um, so I'm so interested to see what that looks like in children, what demisexuality looks like in children. Yeah. Um, and, no. pan- and pansexuality, right? Because yeah. pansexuality, um, it accounts for trans people. Um, but I guess the more kids who are trans, the more that makes sense for them as well. Yeah. I definitely am interested in that conversation too. Like, let us know, y'all, what y'all thoughts are, like, things of that nature. Let, educate us, because I definitely, am like, let me know. I'm That's not, a blind I, spot for me. Yeah, <laughs> I can absolutely. see. Yeah, and I, I need to be educated. What the hell going on there? Yeah, I, I, I want to know. Let us know. Um, I'm going to watch that episode, too. And yeah, shout out to Taraji. Her, her, it's really dope. I'm watching it, and I'm really liking the content, specifically. But I haven't watched the Red Table Talk in a while, even when they had the girl on, the white girl that came on, which I was here for Gammy. Me too. I was here for Gammy. Like, why the hell is she on here? She <laughs> you know. I was like, yes, Gam. I appreciate Jada trying to give everybody a platform. But everybody doesn't need a platform. Nah, I think Jada, that was a strategic move for Jada, which is fine. But um, I didn't appreciate her argument that she didn't want to do to white people what white people have done to us. Um, I think we're beyond that argument. I think that we don't have any moral obligation to um, pander to or create safe spaces for white people. I don't think we have to go out of our way to be evil to them, but I, I don't think that not letting this woman on her platform would have been evil. I think it would have spared her audience and, um, Spare Gam. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I don't care what that girl yeah. has to say about anything. Okay. So this is going to close out our hot topics, y'all. We are going to go right into our meat and potatoes and our conversation of today, which is just a candid conversation with me and Derwin. But I wanted to know, why do you think, do you think that people, when they have these platforms, that they have to let, they have to be very selective with who they have on their platform? Or they, they do they be. have to have a rule book on who they want? Because I'm thinking Not about a rule book. 
yes, a qualifier, right? What does that qualifier entail with a platform? Like, for example, with our platform, what would a qualifier, besides being a Black boy who spreads joy or someone that loves Black boys, right, we've had- do we allow, right, do we allow, who do we allow on the platform and what are the criteria? You know, like, it's like that, even with Red Table Talk, I'm always curious, like, why? Like, not why, but what was her reasoning behind it? <laughs> but she told us what it was to give him a platform. So that's my thing, though. Like, my uh, overall, my rule of thumb is I'm not about to invite anyone on my platform who will alienate my audience. Mm-hmm. Shake them up is one thing, right? Like, you know, bring someone who's a little controversial, that's fine. But to, I don't think it fed any of us to see that girl's story. Like, I don't think anyone's going to get anything from it, right? Like, I don't think that anyone watched that and walked away like, wow, I feel healed from that. Right. So I don't think that there was a purpose. And I'm tired of, already, of the Red Table Talk being a place for people to seek redemption versus a place for people to come on and talk about their healing. To come on and show, like, people, hey, you know... There's so much growth in the experiences yeah. that you have, but there's no perspective if I'm coming on to have this conversation with you, you know, five days after the shit I did. Like, this is yeah. not a fucking sorry um, fucking pedestal. Like, you're not about to fucking stand here on a, on a fucking podium and issue your apologies on this platform. That's not what it should have been. To my understanding, that wasn't the original purpose of it because right. when she brought Gabrielle Union on there, when um, she brought uh, Cherie on there, when she had that first conversation with her mother, when she had Wale on there, when she yeah. had fucking August Alcina, Alcina, they were all having conversations about their journeys. Yes. It so was an overall... Pers- Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. I want you to finish. It was an overall to. conversation about their growth over mm-hmm. a period of time. Okay, so how, what did you think about having Snoop on there and then also T.I.? And Jordan Cole. Woods. Jordan Woods, do you think that those three people were in the same category as Lord, uh, the white girl? Yes, absolutely. Okay. They should not have been given the opportunity to apologize on that platform because that was the minute that the use of that, the purpose of that plas- platform transformed. This mm-hmm. is now a place where people can come and get the pity or sympathy or forgiveness of people when you need to earn that. You need yeah. to take some time and you know, you do that on your own, but don't yeah. throw these people in my face for your for entertainment and have them say sorry to me. And I'm supposed to just be like, oh, I love this show. Right. Like, no, it no longer feeds me. It no longer right. serves me. I think so. I'm, I think specifically Jordan's is a different case as sure. well. I agree. <laughs> a little oh, bit. Yeah. A little bit. I think because she had the, she was attacked by a family's tribe. Right. right. And we did not know the story, which she did admit to, there was like some indicators that could have potentially made it seem like she was messing with Tristan. She withheld the truth. She was. She did. It was clear to me. It was. However, I definitely was like, I wanted her to have, at least tell her side of the story because we were never going to get her side based on the Kardashians and the Jenners. Like, she could have gone on live and done that like i'm not certain oh. that she needed the red table talk like it's not like she wouldn't have had an audience i mean yeah y- you get what i'm getting at like y- what do you need to use this platform to do that for it's not changing anything yeah i think yeah i definitely get what you were saying i think that the red table talk has its highs and lows hits hit or misses with the conversations like i think it really had a great momentum start yes and i think when we started to see these people coming on apology tours to this platform 
because when I like tight like when when Ti came on, I didn't get anything from it. I was like, you didn't apologize. You were being a misogynistic ass man per As usual. <laughs> Snoop Snoop Dogg. It was cute to see you with a suit and a turtleneck on, but like really wasn't giving me like. I, like he owned up for his shit that he was saying. I even forgot what he was talking about, honestly. Like he called Gail like um a dog or some shit. I think he called her a bitch and then yeah. like sick the people on her. So it was just like and then yeah. he was on there like a week later. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's just interesting with uh, seeing those people. I do want um and I have, like I said, I haven't watched the most recent episodes of Red Table Talk, but I want to get back to these conversations. Or let me not speak on it because I have not watched it and I did. I've been seeing it here or there. But yes, Taraji P's peace of mind seems like something I want to check into as well, specifically after um, the conversation with uh, Gabrielle. Um, wanted to go back into some kind of things. How do you feel um, this year has been for you, like wrapping up? How has it been? Since we are closing out the new year, um, how do you feel like it's been? It's a good question that I was actually asking myself earlier today. Um, I was just reflecting um, just because I was thinking of all the things I have to do. And I was like, you need to be grateful that there's opportunities to tire you out. (laughs) Um, And I was like, you know what? Now that I think about it, this year has been really good to me. Um, And it really was because I had thought about what 2018 and 19 were like for me. And they were just really Mm -hmm. dark times. Like they were just not positive times for me um and so in comparison it means that 2020 has been a very fruitful year for me that this has been a year of positive growth and not growth that's forced out of negative experiences Mm -hmm. um and this has been a year of um a little bit of financial growth as well not the growth that i would like to see but i'm definitely in a different position than i was the year before yeah. Um, so I was like, I feel blessed this year. And then I was like, I know that people say, if you can say that for 2020, then you're privileged. But I was like, let's be clear on one thing. Like, yeah, I'm so grateful that I'm not homeless today. Like, I'm so grateful that I do have food in my pantry. But there was a time when I didn't. Um, and I am allowed to acknowledge my own experiences and admit that this year has not been as bad to me, to me. Um, and for me, yeah, as the other years have been. So, yeah. I think that's right. I think that it's okay to talk about how it's been good to you and not silence others. I think that's not what you've done. And I think people also misinterpret that as well in certain spaces. Like when you say something that's been good for you, I think it depends on when you say it, right? So if I say it's been trash for me, right, and then you like, well, for me, it wasn't. You know, you know, I think it's, it's the the choice of like where you put that, like, sure, you know that privilege not privilege but that is that um connotation of it wasn't for me but i like you said it was it was for you so i think that was perfectly i think that's perfectly fine um the year for me has definitely been a a trying thing in the beginning my emotions were like severely all over the place yeah they were um and the pandemic was stressing you out at the beginning like you were Oh, it was it was one of the like lowest points I could like vividly remember in my life because I did not know what tra- what trajectory my life was going on. Like I am a homebody; everybody knows that. However, being forced into it and not really like having the autonomy or option to go out really hit me hard. And then just like too many things was coming at me. Be basically 
basically also be in a space I did not want to be in. Like I was stuck in a space that I did not want to be in was like the scariest thing. But I think overall, I definitely learned about perseverance and definitely about like, if I like, you know, definitely put my mind to something and definitely um, want to get out of the, get out the trenches or get into a space of happiness. I can do that on my own yeah. and not seek that from others. And I think that was something I would always do before. I would always use distractors or blinders or things that were like, okay, let me go hang out with Devin but I haven't felt dealt with my emotional stability. Let me go hang out with Charles. Let me go hang out with all these people, but I haven't really, like when I be by myself, I'll play video games. I'll watch TV. I'll call y'all, but I really wasn't with who me, who I was. And I think that was something I like, I had to like deal with. And I got into therapy too this year. So that was like a thing too. And I was like, oh girl, you're, you're scary. But I think it was overall the year that I needed to like, okay, girl, let's really heal. Let's not try to feel like we can't heal. Let's not feel like we have to be this strong person for everybody else. Let's heal so that you can be emotionally there for others like you want to be like you say you are. Because realistically, I'll be like, I'm here for y'all. Bitch, my ease, uh, my tank will be low. I, I <laughs> feel that. I definitely yeah. understand that. A note about your own journey, um, and I'm not going to try to put too much of my own perspective yeah. on it, but um, I feel like you asked, yourself, you asked yourself a lot of questions this year that you had never asked yourself before. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, I saw you listening to how other people describe their experiences or things that they've thought about in relationship to themselves and say, oh, I should answer that question for myself too. Like, what do I think about that as it relates to me? Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a super vital part about us the moving along on our healing journey, right? Like on our getting to know the self journey. I was just talking to my roommate about this um, either yesterday or the day before um, because I remember, and I, I think I said something about it on here that I had asked my partner, you know, what relationship to anger? So I explained to him that the reason I asked a question like that is because I want people to think about things that they haven't thought about before. We all try so hard to not think about the the ills, right? Like the darkness, yeah. the shadows in our lives. And because of that, we don't get a sense of who we are. So if yeah. you ask yourself these questions, you ask yourself new questions, and then you take some time to think about it, I think you can have experiences like the one you've had this year. Yeah, I think that's always been a thing for me. I've not fully knew who I was for a while. Um, even going back to college, before I came out, I remember I had a moment where people sat me down and I was like, who is Devery? Devery is able to be in all these spaces. Devery is, he likes this, Devery likes that. When people are around, however, when he's by himself, who is he? When no one's watching. I think we talked about that before. And I think that was like, that's something that I had to like really focus on this year. Like I did not know, I knew the basic levels of who I was, you know, I knew the surface level, but I couldn't really deep down get to the nitty gritty of like, how am I showing up in spaces and how am I doing those things? Right. So I think that was something I definitely am like progressing. I think also with the protest too, that was something that made me um, look at how I show up in spaces. Cause I was terrified, right? I was vote, I was verbal with that. And I also learned that I reclude in actual, when I fear something, you know, I'm always saying like, Oh, I'm a run up, I'm a run up and all that. But like, I'll do that when I know there's no, my life is not on the line. But when I know that my life may be somewhere 
on the line, I recluded in and I, my sphere keeps me like shrouded in it. So I definitely realized that. Cause I told you, I was like, girl, I don't know about going out here protesting. I don't know what that was. And yeah. I was afraid. And I think that also right. silenced, that silenced me as well. Um, it, it was a valid fear. It was, but I think looking, looking as a, like with this platform and then also with like the voice that I can use, I think I was like not doing the justice that I should have been. Right. Mm. But I was like, but me comfortably, I won't, I don't want to come on a platform and speak about something that I'm not the most comfortable with. Right. I didn't want to do that, but it definitely, at that moment, girl, I was like, what is going on? If I step outside, will this happen? You know, it was, it was a moment. I think it was uncertain for a lot of us. Um, yeah. But I also think that you do have some some control over your experiences at a protest. Um, so you go into it and you realize that there are going to be some things that you don't have control over. And those things are scary because they can result in injury. However, mm-hmm. you also know yourself and know that you're not going to purposely put yourself in a dangerous situation. Like, no, I was not going to stand in the front line of the protest and antagonize anyone, but I will support. I will absolutely be present. I will absolutely scream. Um, And being on the front line was, it just wasn't my role at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I haven't been at the front line of things. I think that if I had done it at that point, um, it wouldn't have served anything other than my trying to prove that I'm hard. And I was like, no, I just want to be a part of this, you know, and I just want to I want to stand in a group of people and be a part of something bigger than me. But this is certainly by far not about me at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely get that. I think a lot of people were doing that as well um, during that time. I don't want to I, I assume I'm not going to say that for real, but there, I do think some people did that for themselves. They weren't doing it for the protest and the march. I think they were doing it for. I am this. I was here looking my moment of like you know of upstander being an upstander, but yeah. to each his own. I put um, a video up on Facebook and it made me it made me feel weird. So I, I put it up there because I wanted people to know I am here. This matters to me. I had been posting on Facebook about it all, all, a lot. So I wanted that audience to know that I'm not just sitting online and saying this shit. Like I give a fuck. Um, but as after I put it up, I was like I don't. I don't need to prove this to anybody. It didn't feel genuine. Yeah, it didn't. Like, feel I, genuine. It didn't. It didn't. It and and even though I know it was for me, I was like, I don't need to show these people what this experience is like. If they wanted to be here, they should have been here. But this is not a clout chase, and this is not me trying to show these people that I'm here. This is me. Yeah. Really, really, I'm I'm sick of this shit. If I wasn't sick of it, I would have stayed my ass at home. And (laughs) I think part of me wanted to just get everyone on Facebook riled up. Not riled up, but energized. (laughs) Energized. I wanted to get them energized. I wanted to say, you know, you this bothers y'all, but you won't say anything because for a lot of you, Facebook is this like professional-esque platform. And you feel like your professionalism limits your ability to speak out about social justice and that is the issue i want you yeah. to fight that that belief yeah i did i agree with you i think yeah it's i think facebook is a very like um i don't want to say conformist but like facebook people definitely like follow the mode they like follow the like whatever is trending that's what people do if it's not trending it's like let me go put it like Twitter is the place where you do that thing. Like I can be my full self. Like, Ooh, and Facebook, Facebook is like where your family is at. So you have to be 
you know, I am not with, you know, so it's interesting. Um, I act like I don't suck dick on Facebook. I don't think you should say that on Facebook. <laughs> I act like I ain't never had sex before. Sometimes I just don't post these conversations on Facebook because I'm like, look, I don't need my grandmama seeing this clip and just being so disturbed because I'm like... <laughs> to be transparent, I don't post as much as I feel like we should. I should on my Facebook about the podcast. My parents listen. I, my dad listens. I don't know That's how still the most recent. I don't understand. <laughs> what? <laughs> Why are they sitting up and listening to us talk shit? <laughs> <laughs> listen, I think, like I told y'all before, I think my my they're finally getting to know who I am yeah. <laughs> with this podcast. Because like I said, I go back home and mind my motherfucking business. I sit on the couch, text. I be the most obedient child in the world. But when exactly. they listen to me, they're like, it's another sign. Because I tell people, when I go back home, I am not fully gay, transparent. Like, I'm going to just say, I'm not, I'm gay, but I'm not like, hey, look at me, I'm a flame. It's I mean, definitely... you're not that outside of your home either, so. I'm not, but like, I'm. I'm... But are you toning it down? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Absolutely. I tone it down. <laughs> and it's something that, it's, 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 it bothers me. And I've talked about it to my therapist and I'm challenging. I've been challenging it gradually, but um, yeah, when I, my, my father specifically said he would listen to the podcast. It was like, that, like, that shocks me. If Jerome picked up, you know what, you know what, I'm talking all of this shit <laughs> when they used to watch my YouTube videos and the same you conversation that I have on here, I was absolutely having on YouTube. So oh, my parents are accustomed to me just with a beat face though uh, okay so i take it back um yeah his parents welcome <laughs> I, sh- I shot in the house before i literally shot the podcast in the, in the middle of the house while they were there they uh, left what? like in the end like they because they had to go run some errands but like they did i did it in the middle of the sh- um, house wow interesting so um have you forgiven people in your life that have wronged you this year or just in general i don't appreciate being asked this question Okay, we don't have to answer it. I'll go first then. (laughs) Yeah, you go first, but I don't like it. Yeah, I'm selective, right? It depends on the severity of how you've wronged me. Um, I definitely can name people, but I'm not doing that, um, (laughs) that I can forgive and not forget. And I can also keep you at arm's distance. Um, I feel like I've... (sighs) <laughs> what is that what's, what's that about girl um, I have a ten- it's uncomfortable truth I have a tendency to allow certain people still back in my life when they have wronged me and I'm not comfortable with the transactions that transpire between us hmm. and it's something that I've, I'm really perplexed by with myself What's the criteria? So I I give it very surface. Was I physically hurt? Was I emotionally hurt? Or was I mentally hurt? If I was none of those three, then I'm good, right? But when I'm interacting with these people again, I'm still thinking about the interaction that made us fall apart. So it makes me question why am I still kind of connecting with that person if I don't feel genuine in this space, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like, why, okay, you 
you don't have to be friends with them like you used to. You don't have to kiki, you don't have to cackle, but why are you still doing it, right? It's like a weird thing to me. So I definitely forgive. I mean, I've forgave people that have wronged me, but I think I've done it not, I'm not, I've never stood 10 toes down. Certain people I have because I absolutely was like, fuck that shit. But there's definitely people in my life that I'm just like, you didn't hurt me that bad. So Mm -hmm. I can still be a vessel or an ear, but it still hurts me subconsciously to like, every time I see them, I'm just like, I remember when you thought you had one on me or something, you know, so. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. That's a very interesting experience. I know people can relate to that too, Mitch. Uh, I'm, I'm it's sure. Just, <laughs> I'm so sure. weird. Do you find and, it happens more in romantic spaces than anything else? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's why I asked you what the criteria is because I refuse to believe that when you are being hurt romantically, that emotions are not in there. And you told me and the rest of our audience that if it's not one of those three, that is cool. And I can only imagine that one to two of those are affected by someone you're inter- that you're interacting with romantically. Mm-hmm. So that's why I ask what the criteria is, because I've seen you fall out with someone who, you know, disrespected you and probably just a little bit more than, you know, your romantic partners. Yeah. And there's no connection no of, yeah there's no way of going back on that so what is it what is the criteria that you would allow your these romantic partners to come back but not friends i think it's the i think the thing about me allowing my romantic partners back in is the i i don't feel like i'll find a a partner period mm. after my two last relationships i don't think I'll find another one that is what I want. So I go back into spaces I used to, working on it still, and I'm going to name that, working on um, loving myself and knowing that I can get um, get the love that I want. But it's hard because I know that these people used to love me at a time or like me or wanted to be with me. So I go back into that space of like, oh, I'm going to think about all the good times that happened. Let me do what I did in that during that time to make everything feel like it was okay. No one, I don't want to be in a relationship by all means with these people. Just like I wanted the, the moment, right? Specifically during quarantine, I wanted the moment of like intimacy or just like somebody that like, body, body to body or physical, something of that nature. But I think that was what I was in the difference between my romantic ones and my friendships. I don't, I, it's hard to believe. I don't think I'll find another partner with a friendship. I think I can find another friendship that I um, can trust. So I feel like friendships are more disposable to me because I feel like I can, I don't have to be as like, as like, um, um, as unguarded, if that doesn't make sense. I don't have to be as guarded with that. So that's yeah. very interesting to me because I think Child. my experience differs from that a little bit. Um, I have been hurt most. Well, first, let me start by saying I'm an emotional learner. Um, I learn best when I'm excited by something. 
um, when I am interested um, in something and it elicits some sort of emotion from me. And then on the downside of that, when something makes me feel sad or bad, you know, I never forget it. Mm-hmm. No matter how small it is, um, mm-hmm. I, I remember things, very small things that happened, you know, at the beginning of my college experience from friends of mine, like they said something so small. Yeah. Um, and it sticks with me. And, you know, I forgive these people, but unfortunately, that still exists in my brain. And so now I know that you are capable of hurting me in this particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, and unfortunately, even if I do forgive someone, it really affects my ability to trust. Yeah. Um, I've recently, as you know, um, been violated. Um, that's the word that, you know, I, I hesitated to use, but has been used by yeah. therapists and medical health professionals. Um, and so that sort of violation um, really changes the way that you trust people especially if it's somebody that you've had an intimate relationship with right so i try to forgive i try to offer people grace but it really has been historically difficult for me i am a grudge holder and even though i know that people will hurt you unintentionally um it's hard for me to let that go especially if there's no apology now um one interesting example of this is Omar and I's friendship. We had a lot of um, bumps at the yeah. start of it. Um, but I was so adamant about being open and honest with him because he was one of the first um, intimate relationships I had had with a gay man, a gay black man. So I was really invested in it. Um, and so when he did things that upset me, I confronted him and I mm-hmm. gave him an opportunity to hear my emotions about it or my feelings about it. And then I forgive him for it. Right. Um, so he is probably one of the people who's taught me forgiveness in that way because I don't ever see him like hold grudges at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like at all. Yeah. That's. I mean, that's that's that's, that's interesting. I think I've um, uh, the the male interaction though. I I think when I when I, the first male interaction that I had that was intimate with another a queer man, it went really left. It wasn't, it was the notion of, I think it became more so of a threat to them and their relationship, which kind of like, I was not even, I didn't know they were in a relationship with the person, wasn't, didn't flirt with their their partner, just was really good friends with them, conversed and things like that. But that really showed me the cattiness in relationships with other queer men, which I was like, girl, what in the world? So I think, from that beginning, um, it really was hard for me to go into other spaces with queer men. I longed for it and wanted it, but I always went into them not really being authentic like me in certain spaces, right? Because I had the first intimate relationship I had with a, just a platonic relationship. I seen it go like, it was like hot and cold. It was like one minute we were friends, one minute we weren't, one minute they were like blocking me, one minute they weren't, one minute we were fighting, one minute we, it was like, uh-uh. yes, it was the most weirdest thing in college. And I think it was because I didn't know my identity. I didn't know my boundaries and things like that for friendships so that was like the start of that and then when I started to grad when I got here 
was a whole nother mindset because I think I had to put 10 toes down on my relationship. I had to stand grounded. I had to be like, this is not what I'm accepting. I'm not, I'm too old to be dealing with these unhealthy relationships with um, people in my life. But it was interesting because I would say I was not here for it, but they would still like be like, hey, can we grab lunch, right? Or hey, can we hang out? And I would be like, "Uh, sure. Or like, oh. Okay, you can come to my party. Uh, you know, but it was, <laughs> see if you gotta do all that. Nah, but it's it was, hard, right? It's hard. It's hard, and I've and I've and I and it's so interesting. I I say right. I say what I want. I'll say I'll say I'll say right. But I had to realize also, girl, you can't say everything, <laughs> right? You cannot say everything you want. It sounds good on paper. You want to be this truth teller. You want to be right, that right. girl, that girl that says everything. <laughs> However. You can't just be a hard ass in every space, right? So I couldn't find that balance between being a hard ass and being passive. Mm. Um, and it was hard. So I'm working on it. I'm learning it. To this day, still need to work on my hard assness. When I don't think something is right, I need to be able to name it in a healthy way instead of like, I have to do that. So... I've like I so going back to the question, yeah, I've definitely um forgave people that have wronged me, but I have not um is selective with those it take, people. It takes me a, a sometimes it takes me years. Um like I had a friend who completely abandoned our friendship, um, and that shit hurt me so much so that I still have dreams about it. It doesn't hurt me in the same way anymore, but like still happens still comes up in my dreams so and i think it took me a a good three to four years to actually forgive her like yeah two to three it took me a minute yeah it's it yeah yeah there's two relationships that i that you know that i have those are the two two relationships that i stand 10 toes down and i would never go back to um and it's because this i talk about them so much um, off camera, of course, because they were friendships that I genuinely thought I had built built on a strong foundation. Mm. So I think that, yeah, those are, when I built it on a strong foundation, and I know mm-hmm. wholeheartedly that I had nothing to do with the, 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 the you know, us separating. Separation. Separation. I have no feeling, I have no hard feelings walking away. Mm. <laughs> and I like that. I have no hard feelings. If I know I've done my part, my due diligence, if I've checked in, if I've reached out, if I've tried to clarify any loose screws and I can admit and you can admit that there was no, it was not ill to on two behalves, I can wash my hands with you and be okay with it. <laughs> it doesn't have to be a, it doesn't have to be a beef. It doesn't have to be a quarrel every time we see each other. Right, right. It can be a simple, we are, we are great in this space. Co- like coexisting, right? I won't disrespect you. You won't disrespect me. It won't be tension. Because I remember I went to a party before and the person was like, I wish we could have the oak. I wish we could have a relationship back. And I said that I appreciate you for saying that, but it unfortunately can't get back to that space. Let's enjoy the moment that we have coexisting, but we cannot get back to where we were, unfortunately. Wow. wow. It was a... <sighs> wow. 
girl. It was, it was, I was proud of myself because I've never done that. Like, I think it's important to make boundaries, and that's a yeah. good boundary to have, especially if you don't know that someone's behavior has changed. Like, we're not just gonna, based on who you are today and who you, if it's anything close to who you were when we fell out, I'm not sure that us trying this again will will work especially yeah. if neither of us has changed from the people we were at that point if it was petty it's like one thing like you know like okay yeah we'll just need to chill out but if it was like some existential shit like nah we're not about to go back and do that no more we're just not yeah i think that's very important to look at the person's actions and see if have they changed absolutely and if they had not changed you don't need that because you're gonna it's gonna happen excuse me it's gonna reoccur so i definitely think that um any regrets from the past year? <laughs> you sure did. Um, I think the only regret that I had, not only, one of my most important regrets is um, not doing the guest earlier, being realistic. I'm going to just name it. Okay. Not being, I was afraid, right? So I think that is one of my regrets is not trying to bring guests onto the show that are not my friends um, sooner than I did. Uh, I think this is the perfect time to do okay. that. Okay. <laughs> I also think that like you weren't that afraid because you said it repeatedly that that was something that you wanted to have. It's a difference between saying and doing. I don't think so because what you did was plant the seed. Yeah. Okay. I just, yeah, I think I just had to rip the bandaid off and do it. But I think, I think investing in it, I think I, not regret, I wish I would have invested more, like, seriously Uh, when I, like, did this, right? I think I definitely wish I would have um, did that more. And I think one, another thing that I regret is just, like, doing, like, letting my guard down more. I just regret that I, and I'm trying to work on that in the new year. I do not, I'm very hard in certain spaces. I'm doing that. And I need to work on that. So, okay. Okay. yeah. I'm like, ooh. Um, I don't have any regrets for this year. Um, I... Yeah, um, I, I really don't think that I have um, any any regrets for this year. I don't think there was a single thing that I did or that, yeah, that I did. Some things happened to me, um, which, you know, probably would have happened a little differently if I had done something different, but nothing catastrophic enough for me to be like, I should not have done that or I should have done this. Yeah. Um, maybe I could have taken more chances, but I pushed myself to do things this year that I had never done and to see things this year in a way that I had never seen them. Um, and I'm so proud of the way that I approached this year. And yeah. in spite of everything that has caused me stress, I have been my hugest advocate this year. I have... And I have backslidden a little bit, you know, I slid back a couple times, (laughs) but for me to show up for myself in a way that I've seen myself show up for other people this year, 
I just deserve like a, a pat on the back for that shit. <laughs> yes. So I don't have many regrets. And I, yeah. I certainly don't regret us, you know, having guests for the first time <sighs> in March because we, that was the perfect timing and the way we reacted to it. You know, it was, anything, I think it was, was it March? It was March. It was David. It was in March. It was June. <laughs> Are you serious? I think we started. With- oh, bitch, you right? Because it was around the fucking um, the it, damn. Yeah, we. Yeah, it was around the fucking protest. Okay, I'm so sorry. Um, no, 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 no. You're back. you're fine. I had to think about it. I was like, bitch, who do we have? Oh, damn, we've only been doing guests like this for six months. We've but nonetheless, like, yeah, yeah. I think we started doing these um around these like video recordings of it a little earlier than that yeah we did we uh yeah we were flexible we were yeah we we did it during march we've been very resilient we did not stop (laughs) there was moments where we had that mental i I will name we had those moments of conversation where we didn't know mutually if this was something that was going to continue the stress. The stress. So much stress. It was the beginning of the pandemic. And I was like, look, I know that I need some time just to wrap my mind around this. You know, there were yeah. some things happening up inside of my little... I was newly into a relationship at the beginning of the pandemic. So Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 It was a lot. And I knew... Yeah. And that, that was the funniest thing about it is because I was like, oh, well, this is not going to last because this is obviously putting way too much pressure on any new relationship yeah um but yeah yeah and i don't i don't regret going into that relationship i don't regret any move i made during the relationship i don't regret making the decision to you know separate none of that yeah no regrets no regrets no regrets i like that i think i'm i'm glad i definitely am glad that i persevered through this time and i've got through the trenches um that i've that I felt were the lowest of lows. Um, I'm glad that I'm in a space of, I can like walk in the spaces and be like confident of who I am and learning um, what I have to offer. And I'm, I am starting to hear people say that back to me, which I don't need to hear people tell me things, but it's just great to be like, bitch, I see you. I've, I've yearned for that, for people to see the accomplishments that I have and that I'm working on. And I just like also when people come on the show and literally I know every, when we, sometimes when we get off, we stay on with our guests and our guests just like. (sighs) They've been so affirming. So affirming. I think um, they, the same way that we try to give flowers, we've had some guests really do the same for us and it hits so differently because you know <laughs> i think we're both people who love to advocate for others without historically showing up for ourselves in the same way so having people do that back um really affirms the fact that we really should be giving ourselves um that recognition and to you i want to say um people are starting to see you because you're allowing yourself to be seen yeah I didn't think, well, I didn't think of it like that. That's the weirdest thing. I thought of it as like, okay, people starting to know my name. People starting to know that I got something going on for myself. But it's like, no, bitch, you've literally like owned something of yourself. And then also like have been proud to discuss it and also like have 
yes. talked, you know, and I, I didn't, and that's the thing. I don't be noticing my, and we talked about that with Basil. Like we gave Basil his flowers, right? But we don't even like flower ourselves. And I need to do that better. So I think transitioning, what are some blessings that you want for the new year? The first thing I want is my financial blessing. Uh, the second thing I want is my creative um, uh, blessing. I have worked really hard over the last two years. Um, I did not quit my very well-paying job in retail for nothing. So um, <laughs> not only have I worked, um, you know, I gradually worked harder and harder and harder and stretched myself in so many different directions and showed myself that that I can do that, you know, that I have the bandwidth to do several things. So I want to reap, I will reap the benefits of that in the coming year. Know that. This month even, she is. Yes. And another question I want to ask you is what brought you joy this year? Oh, did we just say that? No, not at all. What brought you joy this year? Mm. Uh, sticking to calling myself baby boy um because it was it just got me out of it got me out of some trenches like I wasn't really deep in the trenches this year but the the moments that I started to get there and and calling myself baby boy is only a small part of the overall loving myself loving myself has brought me an immense amount of joy yes um, for me, I double tap on financial blessings. I want the coins, the ducats, the moolah. I want all of that. I think it's rightfully owed to me. Money, um, my money. Um, Run me my trip. Yes, but I think another blessing for me is um, I, I I want to continue to love myself more and more, and through and through, and ultimately get to a space where I'm not second guessing my actions as often as I do. And then also like being able to admit my truth in spaces and not hold back um, because of the fear of others' judgment. So I definitely um, am wanting that in my blessings. And also like, I just want to have genuine relationships that are healthy both ways, right? I want, huh? No, you finish. Oh yeah, I won't, I'm blessing. I would love to have relationships where I feel like this is like mutually feeding each other. Um, more of those. I want more relationships like that because I can have those like with you and I can have those with Charles and things of that nature. But I want more relationships where I'm just like, this is like, we're both like, we support each other. We want each other to win. We want to check on each other's mental. I want that more in my new year because baby, I'm I'm, I'm I'm moving and grooving. And I need you to be on this train with me. And if you're not on this train with me, child, I'll take you off on that next exit. I'm letting you go. And I need to work on that. I need to let people off and not let them get on that, get back on that train. <laughs> they cannot get back on this train <laughs> that I have. Um, and then what has brought me joy um, this year is A, moving on my own officially like living on my own and things of that nature. I'm super excited. I mean, super excited. <laughs> um, and I think I've, I've seen my family way more this year than I have in the past. Um, and I'm excited. I, I think that brought me joy. I think I 
been able to be in their presence more and be me more. Um, so I'm excited. I'm even going back home next week. Oh, wow. Oh, well. <laughs> it's the holiday. Um, but definitely wanting that, wanting, I mean, sorry, definitely um, my brought me joy was my relationship with my family. And then also like moving on my own, the girl, the girls, the girls, she did it. She you thought she it. couldn't do you it, absolutely but she did, did it. it. You made that fucking shit work, honey. I was so ready to go. <laughs> you did a damn good job. I said, I'm off the did. door. Well, this is wrapping up. This Well, we're wrapping up our um, last episode before the new year. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. This is so interesting. When we come back, you all, we will be in the new year. We are super excited um, that you all are on this journey with us. We're going to come back. We're just going to take a little break because of the holidays and things of that nature. But if you all would like to continue the conversation with me on my Instagram and my my Twitter, you can hit me up at underscore Lord Every. That is underscore L-O-R-D-E-V-E-R-Y. And you guys know you can follow me on Instagram at Derwin King. That's D-E-R-W-I-N-K-I-N-G. And you can find me on Twitter at Free Negro. That's F-R-E-E-N-E-G-R-E-A-U-X. And if you would like to continue the conversation on our podcast platform, you can hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at that black boy joy. And if you would like to be a guest on the show or write into the show, you can hit us up at that black boy joy podcast at gmail.com. And of course, you all can check us out on YouTube where all of our visuals of our podcast most recently um, are up there as well. So if you want to see our lovely faces like we recommend everybody to please like subscribe and follow us on our youtube channel and that and with that being said please be so in love with who you are Bye.